Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus this is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani. I'm flying solo today. Going to do my best Colin Cowherd impression, just ramble on for however many minutes I feel, um, to talk about this 20-17 to Vikings win. They did it again. I think every week we, 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 we rejoin on a, on a Sunday after after a Vikings game, and we think, man, they can't just keep doing this, man. They they can't keep winning like this, yet they keep winning like this. A 20-17 to 17 victory over the Commanders. But this one didn't feel like, like the other games from this season, okay? I, I get it. There, there were times throughout this game that the Vikings offense looked bad. There were times throughout this game that you kind of thought, okay, this nothing is going their way. But it wasn't as self-inflicted as I feel like some of the other close wins have been this year. And, uh, you know, just kind of go on this ride as, as I talk about this. First drive of the game, Vikings come in. They, 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 they go right down the field, nine plays, 78 yards, touchdown. They go up 7-0. From there on out, the offense really, really struggled. But the defense was very, very, very good. You know, that they, they – hold the Washington commanders to three points in, 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 in the first quarter. And then it, it gets kind of wonky. You know, the, the only play actually it was, it was three points the, in the entire first half, um, seven to three at halftime. And, and then you, you go through the rest of the game 
and you look at how how did how did Washington have a lead at any point? It's because the Vikings got about as unlucky as as, as possible through from the, about the third quarter on and, and until they really started to turn things around. And, and here's what I'm talking about: first drive of the second half for, for for the Commanders again. Vikings dominant throughout the first half, seven to three. Offense left a lot to be desired, but the defense stepped up time and time again, holding Washington to basically nothing, you know, in the offensive column. So seven to three at halftime, the commanders take a 10, seven lead because the referee tackles Cam Bynum in the secondary Taylor Heineke on the first drive in the second half. There was one of the most ill-advised passes I've seen, you know, him throw. And when we'll get back to that, because eventually it did come back to bite him. Some of these gunslinging throw mentalities, Throws just an egregious ball downfield into triple coverage. Cam Bynum has a beat on the ball. And the official, it would look, it was an accident. It wasn't on purpose. There are some people on Twitter saying the official ran into Cam Bynum on purpose. He did not. Um, it was an accident. But the official just ear holes Cam Bynum. Bynum goes to the floor. Curtis Samuel catches the ball. Falls into the end zone for a 49-yard t- touchdown. So that's part of the unluckiness I'm talking about, all right? Vikings are now trailing 10-7 at that point because the official turned what was maybe going to be a Cam Bynum interception into a Curtis Samuel touchdown. So the Vikings, at, at, when that happens, you, you think, uh-oh, okay. Is this going to be one of those games where, where nothing is going their way? You know, the Vikings had two more possessions after that. Punt, punt, offense looked terrible. Washington marches right back down the field late in the third quarter to take a 17-7 lead. They actually take that lead as the fourth quarter begins. And at that point, you're just thinking like, okay, everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. The Vikings weren't playing that bad, sans the offense kind of going to sleep for about two and a half quarters. But other than that, like, it's not as if they were getting dominated by the commanders. It's not... Like, while the offense couldn't get anything going, the defense was holding their own. Yet the Vikings trailed early in the fourth quarter, 17-7. And then they still mounted this comeback. Um, we'll, we'll touch more on Kirk Cousins later, but when the Vikings ap- absolutely needed to have Kirk Cousins, he, he came through. Again, when they were trailing by 10, as the fourth quarter began, Kirk Cousins marched them down the field for a field goal. Vikings came up with a big interception. Then Kirk Cousins punched it in the end zone for a touchdown two plays later. The game's tied 17 at 17 at that point. And here's what, like I said, we'll get back to Kirk Cousins later. He deserves all the praise in the world. We'll get back to some of the the defensive players later. They deserve a a ton of praise today for for how they were able to perform. But with the score tied 17-7, the Vikings proved once again that they are a team that Kevin O'Connell likes to use the word situational masters. The Vikings can go ahead and call themselves situational masters at this point. They get the ball back with about six minutes left. The Vikings defense, after scoring a touchdown to tie the game, the Vikings defense forced a three and out. The Vikings get the ball back with about six minutes to go. They go right down the field, a couple of big plays, big throws from Kirk Cousins hanging in. TJ Hawkinson, spectacular today. They get all the way into field goal range. 
and and w- the two minute warning hits. Kirk Cousins throws an incomplete pass to Justin Jefferson, fourth and goal, about one fifty two left in the game. The Vikings are going to kick a field goal and trust their defense to kind of just play defense. They're going to be up by three at that point. Um, Kevin O'Connell was was content to do that. Greg Joseph nails the 22-yard field goal at, on fourth and goal, and there is a penalty. So after that happens, John Ridgeway on the commanders, a defensive tackle, a reserve defensive tackle, decides that while rushing this kick that he basically wasn't going to block. It was a 22-yard attempt, a chip shot. He runs into the long snapper, Andrew DePaula, and the, and the Vikings get a new set of downs. From there on out, you saw the situational masters take over. Dalvin Cook rushed up the ta- off the right side for negative two yards. He did it on purpose. This is stuff the Vikings work on. They clearly wanted to kill the clock in this standpoint. Rush up the middle, negative two yards. Second and goal. Rush up the middle, negative two yards. They use their five. Washington has no timeouts at that point. Third and goal. Kirk Cousins kind of just takes a snap, loses four yards. The Vikings are able to bleed the clock all the way to 16 seconds left. They kick a field goal with 12 seconds left. And for good measure to, to just compare and contrast the situational masters, how the Vikings are very, very good in these situational moments of the game and how the commanders proved to be very, very bad in these big pivotal moments of the game. When the Vikings needed to, to kill the clock, they were able to do that. It was clearly repped. Dalvin Cook wasn't going into the end zone. He wasn't even trying to score. He was trying to gain some yards or lose some yards and just keep the ball in hand so the Vikings could continue to bleed the clock dry. On the other hand, Washington, even at the end of the game, the final play of the game, instead of throwing for the sideline pass where they can you know, give themselves a couple kicks at the can with 12 seconds left, Antonio Gibson gets tackled and bounds game over. So while it's not like the commanders were going to pull off one of those miraculous lateral plays and score a touchdown when they got the ball at their own 25, it was just another example of like, this team does not know how to play and how to close in close games. And the Vikings do the difference in this, in this football game or the difference from Washington getting a chance to tie this football game is John Ridgeway a backup defensive tackle committing an unnecessary roughness penalty on a field goal that the Washington commanders were not going to block. He commits that penalty. And instead of the commanders getting the ball back with about one minute and 50 seconds for Taylor Heineke to go downfield and try and add to his legacy as, as this backup quarterback who comes in and wins football games for the commanders, they allow the Vikings to bleed the clock dry essentially. And then the game's over. So look, I, I get it. Can the Vikings keep winning like this? At, at some point, no. It, it, at some point, it's going to come back to bite them. But at, at the same time, I look at this team now. Situationally, they are phenomenal. They're outstanding. And, and the, the margin for error in, in, in the NFL is razor thin. Again, I've talked about this on this podcast so many times. We've had guests come on and talk about it. At a certain point, you're going to lose games in the NFL if you continue to play them this close, you know, down to the wire. But what the Vikings deserve 100% credit for is that when these moments come up throughout games, they execute to perfection. 
they're almost perfect in, in, in these scenarios down the stretch. And it proved to be the case again today. Again, we'll get more into Kirk Cousins' performance later, later in the show. We'll get more into how the defense was great today. Um, but what, what impressed me the most about this team today, once again, is just how when they needed to make plays and when they needed to be perfect down the stretch, they were. The Vikings are 7-1. and one. They're seven and one. They lead the NFC North. They're running away with the North, frankly, honestly, at this point. I don't think it's something any of us saw coming at the beginning of the season. But if you have been paying attention for the past month or so, this this division has been the Vikings for a while. Only continued to prove that be that case today. Green Bay egregious loss to the Detroit Lions. Three and six left for dead. Aaron Rodgers is a shell of himself at this point. I get it. He doesn't have anyone to throw to. He's covered up a lot of the mismanagement in Green Bay for a long time, but it's very clear he doesn't have it right now or maybe anymore at all. They're three and six. They're not a threat. Honestly, the Chicago Bears at three and six are a bigger threat to the Vikings right now. Justin Fields is starting to put it together. He was very, very good today in, in, a, in a down to the wire loss to the Miami Dolphins. And then Detroit's two and six, good morale boat boost for them beating the Green Bay Packers. They have no chance in this division. I go through that list of teams to say the Vikings at seven and one after this win over the Commanders are going to run away with the division. They lead by four and a half at this point. Uh, I wrote it in the Pioneer Press last week. They they should have this thing wrapped up bank Thanksgiving. They might have it wrapped up before Thanksgiving at this point. Um it's not a matter of are they going to win the NFC North. It's going to be by how much are they going to win the NFC North by at this point. Um, we we will see kind of how good the Vikings are. The schedule, they will be tested here coming down the stretch. Uh, they have a game against the Bills next week that, that everyone kind of has circled on the calendar. The Bills lost to the Jets this week, so that one loses a little bit of its luster. But still a, a, a big matchup next week, a big test for the Vikings. And then they have the Cowboys two weeks from now and the Patriots on Thanksgiving. I think in the next three weeks, we'll find out who this team really is, but right now they're seven and one right now. They have just earned another impressive victory 20 to 17 over the Washington commanders. When we come back, we'll get into the nitty gritty of, of this victory. Like I said, tons of superlatives to go around Um, Kirk cousins, man, that guy continues to win me over. I've never been a big Kirk cousins guy, but he was great again today when he needed to be. Um, defense stepped up, um, all of that we'll get into when we come back.